What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In the last episode, Jerry Jones and I started a discussion on privilege and race. Jerry, as you might remember, is a seasoned expat who spent the past decade and a half abroad. In that episode, we unpacked the challenges of recognizing biases when moving globally and explored the cultural blinders that we can have. We also talked extensively about white expat privilege and racism. And our conversation was illuminated by Jerry's experiences navigating both topics as a white father with two adopted children of color. If you didn't have a chance to listen to that episode, I want you to encourage you to check it out. In this new episode, we pick up where we left off as our conversation shifts to misconceptions surrounding cross-cultural adoptions and the harmful language that can accompany it. We also take a deeper dive into how to confront others on racial and social justice issues, as well as why it's important to listen to the unheard. As promised, we go deep on this one, but I'm really proud of this conversation. Welcome to the Global Chowder. So I wanted to pick back up, um, you know, we, we spent some time talking, particularly because you are raising a black son who is entering, if he isn't already, his middle school years, which God bless you. Yeah, um, right. But, <laughs> but, you know, you have a daughter and we, we talk a lot about TCKs, which your kids certainly are, third culture kids, kids who've grown mm-hmm. up outside of their passport countries and cultures and whatnot. But in the case of your daughter, who's certainly that, she's also a CCK, I would imagine, to a certain degree. And so yeah. for her, she, you know, you guys lived in China for most of your expat experience. She was born in China and and you have lived in China you've lived in China as expats and, and by extension sort of she has, mm-hmm. what do you think the differences and have been in terms of her experiences being raised by very clearly white 
American parents. Yeah. She has a black brother, but she looks like the local population, right? Right. What's, what, is, what do you think has been her story? Yeah, I, th- I think it's been a, a vastly different experience for her than it has for any of any of the rest of us uh, from the time she was a toddler, really. We, we went, she was two, almost three when we first went to China. And so it, it's just been a big part of her story to go out and to have that experience of um, kind of being asked by local people, who are you? Uh, and that, that conversation about that's impossible, uh, at the, the, who are your real parents kind of conversation and, and navigating also the kind of the different perspectives on adoption. And we're, we're kind of used to that or getting used to that, uh, here in the States. Uh, it's, it's a fairly new thing in, in China. And so having that conversation for people who don't really understand adoption um, or they, they see that as a kind of even turn up the volume on the, the savior mentality. So, Oh, you're such a lucky girl. Uh, You, you've been adopted by these, um, these white American people. Uh, And there's, there's this sense that she needed saving or uh, that we some somehow came in and rescued her, which I mean, that that's prevalent enough in, in this culture, right? Like that's, that's prevalent enough in, in Western culture that that's what we're doing. And um, I think we saw that with the, (laughs) with the swearing in of the, the most recent Supreme court judge uh, who, who shared about her, her family, all of her children, I think seven kids. Um, and I, I need to go back and, and, and watch it again. But as she introduced her family, um, like it was almost sickening the, uh, the, these are my white kids and they are smart and beautiful and wonderful. And these are, these are my children of color and they are also smart for children of color and for where they came from. And we, we really, this is the difference that we have made in their lives. And, and so like, that's a narrative that you have to live with in when you adopt, um, especially when you adopt internationally. Uh, but then to navigate that from another culture's perspective as well, that's been really challenging and it's been really challenging for my daughter. And I, I can't, I can't, really say with clarity how much of that has has shaped her experience how much of it has shaped her identity but i know that it's had an impact uh she's she's introverted she's very introverted by nature that's that's who she is um but to it's kind of chicken or or the egg kind of thing i mean is is some of that introversion because she's had that experience or has that experience been changed because of her introversion uh, it's, it's, it's really hard to say, um, but it, it's, it, it has definitely had an impact. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you brought up something that I hadn't really, well, I, I didn't, I didn't think we were going to go there, but I, I remember, <laughs> sorry, there was, this, <laughs> no, that's fine. there was a really big discussion, right. Yeah. Around, yeah. around how, uh, I keep forgetting her name. Yeah. Supreme uh, Court Justice. Yep. Amy Barrett Coney, I think, talked about her children. And I I hadn't watched it. Um, I just sort of watched the conversation kind of 
right play out right. on social media and 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 I could tell where the conversation was going without even having watched it. That's right. <laughs> kind of scary. Right. But I could tell that particularly that in um for folks who are who are black. Um mm-hmm. and and honestly it wasn't even folks who were just black. I think it was other folks who were indigenous and 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 Asian and of course there's been a history of adoption of all these right. groups. Um that there was there was everything ranging from uncomfortableness <laughs> to yeah. just anger in terms of that yeah, language sure. being used and 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 it's so like and i think it's just so hard for and i i'm gonna say particularly white folks mm-hmm. <laughs> okay go ahead yeah who 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 just don't seem to understand why there's an anger and a frustration with the language that's used, right? Yeah. The, yeah. That it isn't, I mean, you said this perfectly when you talked about being, ang- having anger towards that man who's, who, mm-hmm. made, who called out your son, right? And then saying, look, this is a small piece. There's like a 400 year history behind this, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and, people not understanding that it is a, I think adoption is a complex thing, right? Particularly sure. when you're, when you're adopting children who share a different racial identity than you, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 and the history, and there is, there's some beautiful stories there and there's some really terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, I I love history. I read history and I read all the crazy stuff in history. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, even I think it was a couple of years ago where Belgium was even trying to apologize, for example, to the Congo for mixed race children that they took from their parents. Right. And took them to Belgium. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Just didn't. And so it's all of that backdrop. I think then when you get into, you know, the comments that, that, that was met, that she made and the reflection of that. And then you extrapolate that into the greater world. And, and I, you know, we did a story a while ago um, of a young woman who's of Ethiopian descent. She was adopted by white missionaries. And then her sister was, they are not biologically related, but they were both Ethiopian. And then there are two siblings after them that are biological to the parents. And, and just talking about, that same conversation you are in terms of, yeah. <laughs> you know, the saviorism, right? Sure. And, yeah. and, and, and what it was like for her to navigate. And so, but I guess I never really thought about it, particularly on the, the flip side. So her being in China, right. <laughs> the reaction, you know, and I, like, I never really right. thought about it that way. I, I mean, I've thought about it, but I think about a lot of things. <laughs> so yeah. I have two yeah. belts on it. And, and so, I, I think that's the that's have, the richness yeah. of uh, sorry of of this conversation that has has come out recently is that it it stirs up a lot of things that a lot of people have never thought of before um, and and the first response to that is kind of this shock or get over it or you're overreacting or but there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of conversations there's a lot of heartfelt emotions that we have felt as adoptive parents, as uh, parents raising children of color, as like our specific situation. And everybody's got mm-hmm. a specific situation that that you can't expect 
the rest of the world to understand because they haven't had that experience yet. All right. Like their, their frame of reference hasn't been expanded to that. So when something like this happens, um, the conversation does come up and it gives the opportunity for, for us to say some things that, that, uh, people didn't realize before they didn't realize, uh, what it's, what it's like to go through those specific things. What it's like for my daughter, uh, to be raised Mm -hmm. looking different than us, uh, but also in a place where most of the people around her <laughs> look more like her than they do like us. Um, mm-hmm. And and so it's it's uh, I, I, I love those conversations. I, I think they're they're good, but they're not easy um, because you've got people mm-hmm. who who haven't yet understood anything about it. And, and the first response is defensiveness. Right. Like that's for any of us. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, or get over it. And and there is this really neat, tidy narrative that comes, it comes prepackaged with adoption where this lovely couple who wanted to have children and for whatever reason didn't or wanted more children or, or whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. uh, gets to go in and in building their family gets to rescue somebody from, uh, from terrible circumstances and, and brings, and it, it just feeds this sense that, uh, in, in our case, it feeds the sense that, you know, America is better. Um, oh, how lucky they are and how, uh, how their life would have been so much different had we not come in and rescued them. And we got over that a long time ago. Um, <laughs> I like our daughter rescued us, you know, um, she, she completed our family and then it was incomplete again. And we adopted our son and, and he made it complete. Like that's, we, we would not be, um, who we were made to be, who we were designed to be without our children. And so, uh, in a lot of ways they are the rescuer and and not us, but that's not how the, the people who are living on the outside of that see it, you know, Mm -hmm. they get a small taste of that. Um, we've been in in more recent years, like we've developed a really great friendship with, a. um, uh, she's just an amazing friend, but she is a birth mother. Um, and she, she placed her son for adoption 20 years ago. And, and she works in that space of helping birth Mm -hmm. mothers. And, And it was just like, we adopted, you know, we went and picked our son up from the hospital and, there was a whole other side to that story. Uh, and it was mm-hmm. not beautiful and wonderful in the best day of, of her life. It was, it was most likely one of the worst days of her life. And, and, mm-hmm. and so there's, there's all kinds of stories that don't get told, um, mm-hmm. in, in really every situation. Um, it, it, and, but this is ours. And, and so, yeah, that's, we're, we're excited to have those conversations, but it is, it is hard. I mean, so I'm curious to you, how do you, I, I don't want to use the word pushback because I, I'm sure mm. in this journey at some point, at least one person has said <laughs> some variation of that narrative. Sure. How do you, how do you address that? Like, how is that, how do you have that conversation with the folks that's saying, well, there's more to this than just the, this idea that these children were yeah. saved. Yeah. How do, how do I address it or what's the right way to address it? Cause I feel like those are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the probably more interesting response is how do you, address 
address it? <laughs> and then what is the appropriate way to address it? Right. Well, and, and I and so th- let me answer the appropriate one first. Um, and, and that's with the with a simple answer. I don't know. I, I don't have a I don't I don't think there's a um, I don't think there's a template for how to do that, because it is whatever template you have is always going to be filtered through your personality and through your own experience and, and all of that. Um, I tend to like my personality. I'm, I'm, I'm not super confrontational. I don't love the fight. I do love to, um, drop something shameful and embarrassing (laughs) in, or (laughs) like if I can, but it's usually passive aggressive and, and, you know, I want them to think. And so I'll, you know, I, I, I'll drop something in that um, that maybe makes them, but I don't. I don't want it to be a big fight. Um, if I if I don't think they're ever going to get it, and that's just mm-hmm. me making a, a snap judgment, uh, which is is probably wrong. But I, if I judge in in my own heart that these people are just idiots and and are not going to be able to get it, I'll just um, I'll move on to the next thing. Or, or try to drop some passive aggressive thing in there. I don't think that's the right way to do it. Other people, uh, uh, you know, get very angry and um, feel like it's their, uh, it's their job to fix these people. And um, I don't know, I, I like I think different people do it differently. And I and I do think that's okay, because I think uh, who we are really matters in this. Uh, and how it, it, you know, it, it wouldn't be right for me just to take on a a script that somebody else has given me because I feel the pressure to, to fix the people around me. Um, but at the same time, there is this drive inside of me that doesn't want to let those things go and, and does want people to have access to a, a different story than they've, than they've had before. Um, and so I, I like to get ahead of it. I love, I love to have the conversation when somebody hasn't said something stupid, you know, um, because I think <laughs> right. then, then is, the people are open to, to sitting down and listening and, and hearing and being like, Oh, I, like I never really thought of it that way. Um, but it's, it's when it gets down to correcting someone, uh, there, there are a lot of different ways to do that. And I haven't found the right one yet. Mm. So I'm curious because, you know, when we talked about your son, we obviously, we talked about his identity and we talked about mm-hmm. George Floyd and sort of the things yeah. that, that that whole, I don't even want to call it a situation. It was just, it was the summer <laughs> and the right. fall and right. it continues on, but <laughs> it keeps I, going. it's just, it just keeps on. It's, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, I guess. That's right. Um, but, but when I think about your daughter and, and this actually might be a little bit different because you guys were at that time, you had not left for Malta. So you were in China, mm-hmm. but I, you know, you and I were talking offline and I mentioned we saw, and it was reported increasingly, you know, across the globe, but particularly in the West, um, there were more xenophobic, xenophobic attacks mm-hmm. and, and just really harsh language and vitriol and, right. and, 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 just against folks who had a Southeast Asian identity. Um, we saw that in the U.S. I know mm-hmm. that we were seeing it in Europe in certain places. And so, you know, you had that conversation with your son about George Floyd in terms of how he saw himself. Was there something similar that you saw was happening with your daughter in terms of just the rhetoric? And 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 it wasn't just it. You know, it wasn't just like the, the average person, right? Like we were seeing right. rhetoric coming out of like political leaders 
and you right, know what I mean? Right. Governmental institutions that we believe are supposed to be representative and, and protective of a nation, right? We were seeing that coming from like elite circles. And so I was wondering if there was a similar conversation or thoughts or, and you know, or if anything you guys discuss in terms of how folks who had a Southeast Asian identity were being perceived. And, right. and, and you can even extrapolate that even larger in terms of, um, you know, how she may perceive her own identity as, mm -hmm. as you guys move beyond China and go into other places. Right. Uh, it's, it's actually really a, a kind of a refreshing time a season in her life right now, because she's old enough now to, to really process and to really kind of look from the outside in and to see what's going on. You know, she's, she's, 17 now. And so she's, uh, super, she's been super interested in the, uh, in the election this year and kind of watching it unfold, but watching it, <laughs> watching it from the balcony, right? Like we, right. uh, un until the last few weeks, we haven't been right in the middle of it. Um, we uh. were, we were in Malta during the election and, um, and so it, it was watching from the outside in, um, yeah. and really seeing her brain as a young adult, step into this. Uh, so it, it, ha it hasn't been that deep emotional. And we even had the cushion of being outside of China for the first time, really in a, in a very long time. Um, mm. but not in the United States yet. And so there was a little bit of cushion, uh, and it's, it's just really fun to watch her, uh, really her adult brain process and, and make sense of that. Um, we have not yet had the experience because uh, we've only been back in the States for a few weeks uh, and we've, we've basically been retreating. Um, I mean, we're doing the COVID thing. We're trying to stay uh, trying to stay out of out of big crowds and really stay out of mm -hmm. the, the big story, which the world is right now. And maybe that's that's sheltering us a little bit. Um, so we haven't had that experience where people say stupid things. Uh, and, and I don't know that she's had that ex experience as an adult. We've had that experience as adults with, a um, not necessarily because we have a Chinese daughter, but because we live in China where you come back into the States and somebody says some really, really stupid China joke, right? Mm -hmm. Like either mocks the language, tries to, um, or, or, or says something, and that, and then those defenses come come up, and you, it's kind of like, um, hey, I I can pick on my little brother, but you can't. Uh, that that whole mentality comes up, um, and mm -hmm. and so we've we've had those experiences as adults, and and this is her first time, so she's going going to be, she's got one more year of high school left, and we'll be going into college, and and so we're we're kind of mm -hmm. on this watch and see what happens now. Um, and really we want to, we want to mm. get her engaged in this culture as, as much as we can, but we also want to, to, to be protective as, as parents, you know, we don't, mm -hmm. we don't want to throw her into the, um, the stupidest of conversations with people <laughs> who are ignorant and, and refuse to admit it. Um, we do want her to be able to, to unpack that and to, and to, um, maybe shed some light for some other people about what her experience has been and, and how that has shaped her. I mean, I think the unfortunate thing is that sometimes you wander into a stupid conversation, mm -hmm. <laughs> not looking for it. It just 
appears. Right. <laughs> so no, says that completely. one thing. Yeah. And then you find you find yourself. I mean, it might actually be one of our superpowers as Americans. <laughs> that if you wait long enough, if you no, wait they, long they will enough, come. They will come to you. They, it yeah. will come. Oh yeah. yes, it will. Yeah. Especially sometimes you're not looking for it, and sometimes it's a. Oh man, I heard you lived in. <laughs> right. Da, 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 da. Right. And then it, it it follows. You know, my my always my favorites are, you know lived in Cameroon. Everyone wants to tell me about the one person from the random African country. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, Oh yeah. They like say something in African. Right. right? There's that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you speak that clicking language? Do you know Swahili? Oh, right. my friends from Kenya. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's like you telling me as an American, your friends from Chile. I mean, it's a right. <laughs> same side of right. the world, but yeah. Know, 55 yeah. plus countries and so so yeah. um, i love i love the I, yeah um well i i just my grandmother gave me uh um just some really good insight my grandmother was incredibly monocultural uh <laughs> probably pretty racist um, <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's the that's the yeah that's I, I mean good. she just she grew up where she grew up and she was who she was and when we when we told her we were adopting from china um her response was couldn't you get one from america um like that nice. was and and it was just like <laughs> this oh grandma <laughs> like i i still love you but um but. this is yeah this is <laughs> This is a big moment in our life. Thank you for that. And and th this is how I <laughs> thank you. This is how she helped Sorry, me I'm is that um, we adopted Rachel and and she loved her. You know, my grandma loved her. And um, and actually, she died when when Rachel was pretty young, but uh, she was her granddaughter. And then my grandmother, uh, she went to her doctor who was Asian, was actually Korean. And oh, no. her doc, her doc, yeah, right. It, you see it coming. Her doctor had a had a picture of her daughter up on the wall, and <laughs> I, oh, no. I can't even say it. But uh, <laughs> but my my grandma says you ain't got nothing on me. I got me one of those little Chinese girls too. She's my granddaughter. Uh, and it was like, no. wow, wow, like like wow. There's. So much wrong with that, but, but, but that's progress. She moved from, from couldn't right. you get one from America to you ain't got nothing on me. Um, and so it's like, you, you have it's a to journey. Give, it is a journey and it's a long journey and there are steps along the way and you have to give people the space to grow in that um, and, and trust that they're, they're going to move forward and not everyone will and not everyone will quickly. Right. And just because you make a good solid point about any of these issues doesn't mean that people are going to turn their life around and like there's stuff deeply packed in them from the, the, the time they were born. It doesn't, it doesn't all come out because they saw something on Facebook that made them think, right? Right. <laughs> you saw something on Facebook that made you think. I feel like that's. <laughs> that's. The I big. see stuff on Facebook all the time. You know, I, look, Facebook side rant. 
I've been on Facebook <laughs> the early days. I'm talking, right. you need an ED. I'm talking like yeah, 2005. Yeah. I'm hitting like you're 16, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you can right. only have been aff- affiliated with the university. And Facebook is just, it's like the cesspool of crazy mm. memes. And yeah. I hate memes. If you know me, I actually hate memes. I'm always like, don't send me memes. <laughs> Right, me too. I will ignore them, whatever. Um, because it's so easy to take a picture, especially if it's badly photoshopped, and throw on yeah. some text. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it, it supports whatever biases you have. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting you're talking about your grandmother because I, you know, I, I, maybe my superpower is that I can get the most random people, actually like you, <laughs> to talk to me <laughs> about, <laughs> about things that maybe they shouldn't say out loud. And I have been shocked and with the number of white people that I have talked to just in general in my life that mm-hmm. have just said stuff that is openly racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. But don't even, re- like like you said, it's, have- so, it's so deeply packed in. Right. They don't even realize right. it's racist. And, and the thing is, They've even said stuff where I think they have forgotten I was black. <laughs> so they're just <laughs> saying it but because that's, they're that's so what happens. comfortable. Yeah, that's what right. happens when you have a relationship with somebody. Once you get past that, <laughs> you, you, like, really you, you go deeper into it. And yeah. And, but, yeah. I, but I've even had that with people that I'm not even really that comfortable with. But I remember this one time. <laughs> uh, it was someone at, my, uh, at an old church who... You know, she had a prayer request. That was cool. It was someone a couple of years younger than me. And so she said something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, I just, I just want to pray for, for, for this family. But like, it, it was something along the lines, like, I think it was like a black family that she'd known or whatever. There was an issue. But she's like, yeah, but they, they, they aren't from that other side of the town, right? They're not from that part of that, that, that side of town, which was a low income, you know, high need, something, something. Mm -hmm. It was somehow there was this association and I'm not telling the story straight, but there was an association that because they were black, right? Mm -hmm. There's also got to be a low income, high need story there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I was looking at her and I was just thinking to myself, you know, you you're telling the story and you're telling it to me, which means that somehow deep down you have somehow absorbed mm-hmm. that if someone has a certain skin color, they must be having a certain type of experience challenge or whatnot. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, there are a lot of middle-class black people. <laughs> there are yeah. even some rich black people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and, and just because you see them does not mean you know anything about what they can or cannot do, what they can or cannot pay for. Right. And, and it's just wild to me how you're right, how embedded some ideas we can have that we don't oh, even think twice. Yeah. Even when we're standing in front of someone who's member of a group of which we hold these biases against or these stereotypical ideas mm-hmm. but we were they're so embedded and so ingrained that we don't people just don't yeah don't even understand and, they are. and, and yeah whew, yeah yeah 
and try to unpack it. Like I just, you know, and I, I get, a, I've, I've gotten my fair share of, oh, you're not like, da, 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 da. <laughs> or you're, <laughs> you're not, you're da, not da, da, like da, da, da. the other black people. Or you're, yeah. Right. Or you're, yeah. And, and, and it comes in oh, so many different. different ways and you know what it is. And I, and, and to the black yeah. folks who are listening, who've ever been told, oh my gosh, you're so articulate. Mm. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I'm, really, I'm so sorry. I'm really, yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, well, why wouldn't I be? I'm really educated. <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm old enough to kind of throw it back in people's faces. Right. And, but I used to get that a lot, especially when I, when I came back as a TCK, I was back in the States. I would get it all the time. Wow. You're really articulate. I'm like, mm, I would hope for all the international schools right. <laughs> and private schools. And then people look at me like, Oh, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what you were thinking, but right. this is what it is. And so, yeah, I mean, I, and I always, the thing I, I'm very intrigued as you, as someone who's part of the, at least the majority, which is changing in the United States is mm -hmm. do those, do you get, do you find yourself in conversations where people are sort of making these comments and they just sort of assume you were going to go along with them because you present as a white male and they just assume, you know, I'm very free to say some of the stuff because there aren't yeah, any minorities and, around or. You yeah. Know, yeah. I, I think our, our expat experience has, has sheltered us from that at some level, but not completely. Uh, and, and certainly, hmm. you know, when we come back, when we're, uh, yeah. And especially in an election year and with all the politics and it, it's just, I mean, this is polarized everything. Right. Um, and I, and I think, um, especially because of my heritage history background, um, my, my faith, my, uh, you know, and all the demographics and, and culture that goes with that. Um, there is a lot of times an assumption that, that mm. I automatically, am this thing or believe these things or think mm -hmm. these things. Um, mm -hmm. And so it, that, yeah, people, people let their guard down and just have those assumptions. And, and that was, that mm -hmm. was part of the piece that I wrote uh, about my son and, and George Floyd um, was I, I really felt a compulsion to get myself out there as um, hey, don't put me on this side and automatically assume because of where I've come from. And you would have no reason not to, uh, the, the, uh, because <laughs> mm -hmm. that's that's where I come from. That's that's the 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 group of people, and probably and it, you know my my views, my understanding, my perspective, all of that has shifted throughout this cross cultural experience. And I'm not the same person that I was when I was younger. Um, and so it would be a mistake for you to think that I'm just a, an older version of that. And so I want to, I want to be very clear. Mm -hmm. I'm not landing over there. Um, and, and that was part of me getting out ahead of it. Uh, and, and mostly there was the response to that from the people that I would have anticipated some type of, uh, whatever it is. Um, oh my goodness. Or, or, or saying something stupid. Mostly the response was silent. Um, it's just, you know, that like, okay, all right. And, um, you know, that, that obviously Jerry's not the person we're going to have that conversation with. And I'm thankful for that, honestly. 
<laughs> Silence is good. Yeah. <laughs> well, can we just start this conversation with <laughs> shut up? All right. Um, well, like, let's and, just start and, there. And, and well, and I think silence, but here's the thing I think silence depends on what the scenario is, right? So, yeah. mm. I think in the scenario that you're in, silence can be a good thing, especially if you're talking with folks who kind of look like you and have mm-hmm. maybe a similar background in terms of right. growing up, whatever. On the flip side, silence can be stifling if you're the minority. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So absolutely. If you're yeah. if you're the one that is the target or the perceived target, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Silence silence is harmful. <laughs> right? So harmful. Sense. Yeah. If yeah. if especially if you're someone who may be in agreement or just even wants to be supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you right. don't say anything because I think what the hard part is, is and I, I think we've seen this this summer and, and honestly, groups have been saying this from day one is that, look, if we just look at the United States, if we just look at the black population, the black population in this country is like 13 percent. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. If every black person, and this is ne- would never be the case, but if every black person in this country of adult age agreed, you know, absolutely agreed on on all the issues, they still couldn't move it, right. <laughs> move anything, yeah. without the support of other groups, without the support of some whites. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, right. the, I mean, the civil rights movement, I think, is a good example of that. Black folks did a lot of the heavy lifting, right? But there were also other groups that came in and support and put their lives and their bodies on the line. And so you're right. I think that silence is important when if it's a conversation between marginalized group and privileged group, silence is good in the sense that if you're willing to listen, which you said, right, listen, absorb, learn Mm -hmm. and kind of do your own do your own work from that. Yeah. But then don't just so sit in the silence, though. Absolutely. That, yeah. That yeah. When you see and, bodies are on the line and then right. it's like, well, I don't know if I should say something or whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I think like I, I want to be super clear. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't advocate silence on any of these issues. I think it's I think it's yeah. really an important time to speak out. Um, and and yet the the conversation between privileged people <laughs> between right. people who were making the assumption that we're all on the same side and we all agree on these core mm. and, and oftentimes ridiculous issues i th- i think absolutely it is it is our turn to shut up like it is our turn mm-hmm. to we we've, we've had our say we've we've had plenty to say and we're still screaming there's there's right. lots of screaming um but th- this is a th- i mean it's the it's a it's what my son said it's what my son taught me right like you can teach me about these things you can teach me all about history and you can put all the facebook memes out there that you want to you cannot teach me what it feels like to be black uh and and i th- i think it is so important for people who come from where i come from to just pause and realize and so the conversation that i i just i don't want to engage in pointless, meaningless conversations that ignore the realities of of suffering and oppression and, and all of that. I, mm-hmm. I just I don't want to. That's uncomfortable for me, and it's annoying. And and I know these people enough to know that um, 
a screaming match with them is not going to move the needle <laughs> at all for them. It's like, it's not going to change anything. Uh, however, if there is an opportunity through my experience and, and from what I've had that, that they haven't had, you know, my grandmother never got the experience that I had. Hmm. Um, but my experience did move the needle for her. And so if I can mm -hmm. have conversations if I can write something, if I can say something, if I can do something, if there's anything uh, that can kind of bring them into that first space of of just asking a question for the first time when they thought they understood everything, you know, mm -hmm. or or recognizing and saying, hey, I, I never really like like I did when we met a, a birth mother, you know, wow, I never I never really thought about it from that perspective. That's where change begins to happen. And then it's a long journey from there. And those are the conversations that I absolutely want to be involved. I love those. Um, it, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just sit around with ignorant people who will not admit that they are ignorant. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I don't want to be an ignorant person who doesn't admit that I'm ignorant. Um, so there is a conversation that I long to have that I, I kind of pine for. Uh, but there's also conversations that, that to me feel fruitless and, and meaningless, but other people, um, they take those head on. And I, and I <laughs> yes, think that's do. important too, right? Like <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a very important part of this whole thing. It takes mm -hmm. all of that to, to, to really see any type of, uh, positive change happen. Well, and I think that, you know, here's the deal. Like we all need to have some kind of wellness and self-care mm -hmm. and it is not, I, I, I said this in a talk once. I was like, look, here's the deal. You're not going to dismantle hundreds of years of systemic oppression. No, <laughs> you personally in one life, you're no. not, what you're going to do is chip at it. So number one, mm -hmm. you need to pace yourself. Yeah. And I feel like I was saying that all summer because you know, there was like this newfound or amplifying black voices and everyone wanted to do DEI work. And I'm like, right. uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I appreciate your social media efforts. However, right. yeah. <laughs> you, you have a lot more, you have bigger issues than that black square <laughs> on your Instagram or on your Facebook. I mean, yeah. my stuff is still yeah. black because I'm me and I don't feel like changing it. And it, it is what it is on Facebook. <laughs> but, you know, right. I, I think a good example, I've had several educators on, right? Mm -hmm. International educators. We have talked about recruitment practices, right? We've talked about who you've looked for, how you've identified faculty and staff, right, to come into yeah. the schools, yep. who you've identified as administrators. Like, I was like, you want to really, you want to move this conversation into like you want to really do stuff, we need to talk at a systemic level, right? Yeah, I mean, there, yeah. there is definitely at the individual level, which you and I do, which we all do, right? Mm -hmm. We're passionate about learning from each other's experiences. But then there's the other conversation of, of systems. And I've, I've said this to mm -hmm. folks where you yourself may not be racist, but you yourself may benefit from a racist system. Yeah. Yep. And I think that when we look at expatriation and, 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 and we look at some of our expat circles and communities, there are people who are vested in the system being the way it is. There's mm -hmm. a, because there are things it's nice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There are sure. privileges attached to it. Right. Right. Especially if you were set by a sending agency. 
Okay. So business, diplomatic, you know, education, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I could even put in missionary work in that, right? Sure. There Absolutely. Are, yeah. There are massive privileges that are attached to being in these communities. And so to then have a conversation and say, hey, what's been our part? Because, you know, I have used this word far more (laughs) than I thought I was going to use in 2021. But I was like, we've got some wholesale legacies of colonialism and imperialism. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Here's the thing. I've used that and it hasn't really mattered the circle, right? Education, faith, whatever, business. <laughs> I mm-hmm. keep saying. So let's talk about our imperialistic tendencies. <laughs> Please. But it's, but it's but it's true though. Like the way we have things set up, the way we recruit, um, there is a certain, depending on where it is, it's not every community, there is some levels of elitism because there's also a class differential. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's why over the past couple of years, we've had this conversation over who gets to be an expat, who gets to be right. an immigrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So so even, you know, it's. I think it's interesting when we talk about you having these conversations, even within your own circle in the US or, you know, with other Americans, but then I think it even becomes even wilder when you try and say, okay, well, how do we, how do we, for lack of a better word, disrupt the mm-hmm. way things have been to really talk about everyone's experiences and really speak up because yeah. you as a, you know, I'll just use you as a stand-in, but you as a white male expat may be having a very different experience from a black male expat who's doing yes. a similar work in the same company or organization. But right. I don't even know if we're getting to the point where we're willing to have that conversation to even say, okay, we could both be American, but that experience your son had, mm-hmm. I have that on the regular, in addition to the collective experience that you and I both have as not mm-hmm. being part of this culture. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, and and there, there are so many really essential and important conversations to, to be had. And I think there are so many different approaches and so many different personalities that, that come to it. And all of those are important and all of those are, uh, are a part of this. And, and I, I do feel, I do feel privileged within my own demographic uh, to have had the experience that I've had. If you're just looking mm-hmm. at privileged white people, um, they, a lot, many of them have not had the experience of, of living overseas and would never want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider that a, I consider that a rich privilege. I consider that a, something I've had access to that they haven't. And, mm-hmm. um, and it, it has shaped me and changed me and staying out ahead of that and using that experience in in whatever way that I can, um, to, uh, to really help people reconsider the, the box that they've lived in or the herd that they've, they have run with, um, I, I think is, is a piece. And that's, that's part of my piece of it. And mm-hmm. other people are, uh, take a, a much different approach. And I really think that's important too. And, and all of that is a part of a very, very, very big conversation that we need to be having. Um, but if we're just going to scream and prove, prove our ignorance, um, I, I'd rather go have a different conversation. Hmm. See, you come with the helpful closing advice. 
Mm. <laughs> I, I live how you like how you and that's do. that's me i want to be clear that is right. that is me that is not a prescription <laughs> it's not a template um, i have to write a disclaimer on your episodes this, please this is this yeah. is just what he does he's not saying Use, you should do this no 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 not at all not at all i think uh, that's important to- you've got to find your place in this conversation um yeah but no. but don't not have it Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. And I, I think that's that's the bigger part. I think have the conversation and, and don't be afraid to have the conversations. But then absolutely don't be don't be afraid to maybe figure out a strategy either mm-hmm. while you're having those conversations. And yes. So, yeah, please. Oh, my gosh. I could do a. I literally could do a whole series with you. on <laughs> Just how do oh we pack all these different groups that, uh. that like, come across? I mean, you are the intercultural person, so I feel like <laughs> I'm just going to keep throwing different groups of people at you. And like, well, how do we have this conversation about this? Yeah, that? that's that's why I started with embrace your ignorance, because I knew I would need to come back to that and and have that to follow up on later. I, I, that, that's my disclaimer is I that's your full there's disclaimer. so much that I don't understand about this. And I, I am. Well, I, I want to learn. I seek to learn, but uh, I I don't have answers. I don't have. Oh, there's there's so much more. Well, I and I appreciate that you are willing to admit that you don't have answers, um, and I I think that if if more of us could do that, we might actually be at a better place if we admit that we're not we're not coming in with the information, mm. but we're willing to listen. And so. Yeah. Uh, well, dude, I'm so glad you you've been with me this morning. I, this is I fun. Yeah, always yeah. love talking to you about these things and the fact that Likewise. you are very unafraid. <laughs> I don't I don't know how many people I know who are like enter the lair of talking about what <laughs> with me, but you you're you're very very unafraid and love the work you're doing and you know I follow all your stuff and so like I mentioned before we're gonna make sure that your podcast with Chris is, is in the show notes so that people can follow it and laugh. <laughs> um, and as well as, I mean, and I don't say that in a bad way. I mean, you will, once again, you will learn it's okay. something. Either way. What, it, yeah. Why ever you laugh is, is fine. It may, it may, it may not be what you thought you wanted to learn. Because I learned a whole lot about Guy Fox, um, but I, I did too. Yeah, I sat there and I, I'm listening to this episode, and I'm in my head imagining the facial expressions that are <laughs> because every time I hear a podcast, I'm thinking I can see Jerry's face up. Huh? <laughs> this is where we're going. <laughs> I didn't expect him to say that. <laughs> learn something Uh, new and so yeah there's always something to learn absolutely love it love it all right till next time yeah thank you so much amanda i really really appreciate you and who you are and what you're doing uh i think it's so important and it's 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 been good for me you've you've helped me uh see from a different perspective and i'm i'm really appreciative The Global Chatter with the Black Expat is hosted by me, Amanda Bates. It is produced by Justin Williams. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast or follow us on our YouTube channel at The Black Expat Presents.